Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational, brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And today we have Robin Cokerhands. Robin Cokerhands. Okay, yep. that's a fun name to say. <laughs> it is. That's true. <laughs> Where's it from? Um, I think Germany. <laughs> yeah. It Germanic. Does, it does sound Germanic yeah. for sure. It has that has that sound about it. oh, that's so so fun. Hey, so Robin was born in Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, my dream of living there. It's beautiful. (laughs) Everyone should go. I always say everyone should go because it's just really beautiful. I had a friend who lived up in in Anchorage, and she said the wildest thing is in the summertime, people would be mowing their lawn at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. And growing up, thing. growing <laughs> up, we totally went like hiking at one a.m. There's a place outside of Fairbanks called Angel Rock, so we would do that, or like canoeing at midnight in the summer, Whoa. which is such a blast. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's so, so cool. That's so crazy because that's always been the part that I always thought like I'm like I don't know if my if I could wrap my height my whole mind around and my body around that whole like right all the time. But that is actually really pretty yeah, cool. That that's you could fun. Do that. And then the trade-off, though, is winter. It's dark all the time. So yeah. what do you do in Alaska? Because I went to Alaska and I'm like, I like, what do you do? I sad. I know. What do you do in the wintertime? And everyone said they hibernate. Yeah. But like, what do they really do? I read a lot as yeah. a kid. I read a lot. Some people will cross-country ski, but it gets to like negative 40 for a large chunk of the winter. Oh. And so I was never the outdoor winter person, but I read books. <laughs> well, that's brutal winter. There's like Utah winter where, yes, it gets cold, but then it thaws and it gets cold. And then there's like East Coast winter where it's heavy and it stays kind of heavy. But then there's stuff like Minnesota and Alaska. Uh-huh. That's a whole next level yeah. of like intense. Yeah. No. So I will say that once you hit like negative 30, it's all just cold. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like noticeably different. It's just really cold. <laughs> so I mean, that's a trade off. So you're like, my bones are already frozen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We don't go outside <laughs> for very long. <laughs> I'm imagining everyone's working still. Mm-hmm. You're just driving. It's dark all the time. You go mm-hmm. work and okay. Yeah. So. You usually like we would go leave for school when it was dark and come home and it would be dark. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, yeah, that I think would be the part that would be rough. And yeah, now you're living in Orem, Utah, so yep. you get to have, like, regular seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> nice. Seasons, I like that they're... fall is longer here. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my favorite is mm-hmm. the fall in the mountains, actually, so. Oh, yes, and the, the, the color of the leaves right now in the mountains is <gasps> so gorgeous. They're just starting to change, and I'm so excited. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. All right, well, also, as I said at the beginning, because your last name had changed, Robin recently got married. How long ago? April of last year. So, like, literally right at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> as things started to shut down. Yeah, like, we were a pre well, like a pandemic wedding. Yeah. <laughs> pandemic. I love that. So, you guys eloped mm-hmm. to the mountains. Um, didn't tell parents or family until a few days later. So, that was straight up eloping. I yeah. love it. <laughs> it was really fun. So, we had one of my friends. Um, I know Becca through the writing community. And they got ordained. And... Um, married us and then two of my husband's friends were our witnesses and like that's the bare minimum for being legal in Utah so (laughs) did you do that in the mountains Uh yeah so we rented a cabin we rented a cabin just like near Sundance and they Mm -hmm. gave us permission to marry on the property so it was like in the woods with these big beautiful pine trees 
That is awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. That's a COVID that. wedding at its best, oh, I think. I that's love that. perfect. That's beautiful. No, that's mm. so, yeah, like you said, like, so beautiful. And so beautiful, like, for all of us mountain lovers anyway. Yes. So, yes. yay. Oh, I love it. So Robin works um, at a mortgage company in the marketing department as a content writer and part-time. You also work for a catering company. Yep. Um, and then the fun fact is that you learned Welsh in college. I did. <laughs> yeah, for my degree, I had to do a language, so I did Welsh. <laughs> I love it. I would love it. Um, so why Welsh? Just Yeah, so my first semester, I was on a scholarship, so I had to have... 14 credits, and I signed up for the things I needed, and it was 12. So I'm like, I need to find something that's two credits. And I saw Welsh was, Welsh 101 was two credits. So I <laughs> signed up for it, and I liked it. And then when I declared an English major, I had to do a total of four semesters. So I just did my other three semesters. Well, I did another one the spring, and then in the summer, the next two semesters, I did a study abroad. Like, so I, the two semesters counted for that six week study abroad. Oh, so okay. that was fun. So I got to go to Wales and learn to talk Welsh with Welsh people in pubs. <laughs> that is so fun. <laughs> Wait, put you on the spot. Yep. Is there? Do you want to say anything in in Welsh? Um. So, I can say a couple things. I don't remember a lot anymore. But um, yeah, for sure. like library is Schnifergesh. Oh my gosh. Which literally means book cell. So it's like the cells of books. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's the really famous town that people know that has a really long name. Yes. So that's Shanvire Pushkin Gishkogari Korn Drobasilio. Oh my gosh. Let me try that again. Shanvire Pushkin Gishkogari Korn Drobasilio Gogogok. I think I messed that up a little. Oh, middle. it doesn't even matter. That's <laughs> yeah, so cool. It's like really long. Like people will go and they'll take a picture. And that's like the only thing in the town is this train station with this big picture. It's super tiny, mm-hmm. like in northern Wales. And Yeah. No, I actually like, yeah, I, there's no way I'd have a clue as how to pronounce it. But I do know what you're talking about. I have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of Welsh mm-hmm. heritage. Okay. Most, mostly Welsh. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's so cool. In fact, that was always the thing when I mentioned we have a lot of Welsh heritage and they're like oh does that mean you can say you know yeah. like, and I was like no <laughs> no but I could pretend but I can also look at the Welsh names and go how are you getting that out of those letters but it's really cool <laughs> yeah so Welsh is interesting because um they don't have certain letters we have in normal English so like they don't have the letter j mm-hmm. or like the letter q but they have extra letters that are like double letters so like Double L, that's the sound. Mm. So you make like an L shape with your tongue and then blow air on the sides. Oh. And then like a double D is a letter. So that's a hard like sound, like the hard Mm -hmm. TH almost. Oh, okay. So that's like Schlanweyer PG has a lot of the double L's. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of the double L's, but I had no idea that's Uh how it was pronounced. So that's so cool. I love it. That's like blowing my brain. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. fun. Oh, I love it. It makes for a good fun fact, too. <laughs> no, it does. It makes for an awesome fun fact because, you're, yeah, how many people are like, oh, yeah, I know Welsh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I kept all my college books because I would love to go back and, like, relearn it, but mm-hmm. I just haven't had time. Like, yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> right. No, oh, that's so cool. So another fun fact, which is the reason, well, one of the many reasons. Yeah, there is just that I love this woman and it's so fun to have you on. <laughs> Is that you also do, in your spare time of sorts, roller derby. I do, yeah. I love it. So I started, almost right now, like seven years ago. Um, But it's kind of weird counting that because we didn't play last year with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we haven't really played very much this year because of the continuing pandemic. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started when I was 26 playing rugby mm-hmm. or not rugby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> started playing. Um, we were talking about derby. rugby before the recording. We were. Yeah. And, so that's why. <laughs> and they are similar, but mm-hmm. it's like rugby on skates. Because yeah. I used to play rugby back in college and I loved it. But yes, like the, yeah, I think they're very similar. Like you're talking yeah. about being very empowering to women. And very so. like high contact and all yes. that strength. Yes. The yeah. women can be a little rough. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. I was always a dirty cheater in all the other games I played in other <laughs> sports, so, like, that's why it worked for me. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> You're like, I'm allowed to do this? It's encouraged? It's finally encouraged. <laughs> that's so great. I love it. Yeah, in fact, um, one of the things that I even asked, because, you know, I'm going to have you talk about, like, how this is empowering to women, but is one of the things that you had said to me that really, really resonated was when you were talking about taking up space yeah. as women. Yeah, the, there was a couple of years ago where I remember seeing, um, on like on a Facebook video, it was like a spoken word poem, talking, this person was talking about their mom and like this poem and how they saw their mom shrinking through the years and their dad getting bigger. And that's like in a literal sense and a, a figurative sense, like women, the ideal right now is be tiny and skinny and um and just that then like translates into this idea of like not only small like physically like have a small physical presence but women are expected to diminish themselves so this idea that we get like I think they've done studies where like in the in a boardroom if women talk 30 percent of the time they're perceived as dominating the conversation so just this idea that in all aspects women are expected to remain small to diminish themselves. And roller derby is like the complete opposite. If you want to be successful in roller derby, you have to learn to take up space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's because maybe you have a different body type or, you know, you learn if you're really small. We had really tiny girls on our team. You learn how to take up space on the track by moving. Um, if you want to play roller derby, you have to do that. Like mm-hmm. that's like yeah. the core thing is you're you're stopping the other player from getting past you. So you have to learn how to take up space. Can you describe for audience like what is roller derby and just basic yeah. rules? So I play for um, a charter team that's part of this international organization called Women's Flat Track Roller Derby Association. So WIFTA, um, and they are so it's international, um, and they basically have set forth like guidelines of play. Um, so under WIFTA, like chartership, you have to follow these certain rules. So the basic idea is there's this big oval and each team has five skaters out on the track. One of them's wearing a star on their helmet and that's the jammer and they score the points. The other four people on that team are trying to help their jammer get through and they're stopping the other jammer from getting through. So you're kind of playing offense and defense at the same time. Are you all going the same direction on the We track? are, yeah. So you go counterclockwise. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then... Basically, the whistle starts the jam, is what we call it, and it's a two-minute jam is the max for a flat track derby. Um, and so after the whistle starts, the two jammers are trying to get through. Whoever gets through first is called, they're called lead jammers, so they can basically strategically end the jam early to stop the other team from getting points. Uh-huh. But once they're through, now they're starting what's called a scoring pass, and basically every opposing player, each pass that they pass with their hips, they get a point. So you, the jammer's hips have to get past the hips of an opposing player to get their point. I love that it's yeah. about the hips. Yeah, so <laughs> I know. Isn't that so fun? Um, and so, yeah, so you do that for two minutes or, like, 
a lot of times it doesn't go the full two minutes. So if the lead jammer, they get through and they've maybe done two scoring passes and then the other jammer finally breaks through and is starting their scoring pass, they'll usually call it before they can score points on the other, the other jammer can score points on their scoring pass. So yeah, it's just really fun. So you, like I said, you're playing offense and defense. I don't usually play the jammer spot. I usually am one of the blockers is what we call the other people. Um, I play a lot. It's called the brace. So I'm like skating backwards and holding two of my opposing players to help give them extra strength as they're holding a jammer Mm -hmm. um, and helping them kind of navigate laterally across the track. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. So it's like, so you have one team that's essentially trying to break through and the other team is like kind of in formation and Yeah, so both. Both teams have someone trying to break through at the same time. Oh, okay. So normally, like, your first priority is to stop the other jammer from breaking through your line. Um, but your second priority is to then also help the your jammer break through the other team's line. <laughs> so the way, like, our league plays it, we usually have the tripod, which is a brace, and we call them butts. Uh-huh. A brace and two butts, and their primary focus. That's three people? Uh-huh. Okay. So the brace is skating backwards, the other two are skating forwards, and the brace is just kind of holding them. So you get that strength of that triangle. Uh-huh. Um, and they're usually the main defensive line. And then the fourth blocker, we call them the sword, and they're they're usually trying to help the jammer break through. So they're punching holes in uh-huh. the other line to hopefully let the jammer take it. And how, go how do you punch holes? Like what? Because I know it's a very physical uh-huh. sport, but you're not tackling. No. So like a lot of it, like we said earlier, is about the hips. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because there's men's roller derby, and I've played against some men before, and it's kind of a different style. So men tend to lead with their shoulder when they go in for a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, women tend to lead with their hips when they go into a hit. And part of that is it's like for women especially, that's really where your center of gravity is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it allows you to kind of deliver a stronger, more stable hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really, you can make someone fly sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I so, bet. Yeah. And uh, does so cool. play stop, I mean, you're all wearing helmets uh-huh. and pads. Yeah. I know, elbow and knee pads. Mm-hmm. Um, like how often are people like crashing and flying off the track? Like how rough of a a lot of it depends like on the level you're playing in. Because if you're two really high level teams, like you don't see it sometimes as much of like the dramatic flying. Because um, <laughs> you're more skilled. Yeah, well, <laughs> at, like, like holding you're at your holding own. your own space, mm-hmm. and or if you're playing the offense, if you go to hit someone, like you're usually more skilled in how to hit someone. But uh-huh. at the same time, they're usually more skilled in resisting that hit. Right. Um, but there's definitely some flying. One of my favorite um, experiences, I was on our travel team. So that was kind of our competitive team that was ranked internationally. Um, and one of our really big hitters, her derby name is Cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, she hit someone so hard their skate flew off. Um, so they went flying into the ref lane, which is like the out of bounds area, and their skate like popped off their foot. Oh my! <laughs> and that's like my favorite story. Um, but it's kind of fun. Like one thing I've learned is I prefer to be hit hard because if I'm gonna get hit and like knocked down, getting hit hard kind of spikes that adrenaline, mm. and you get up and you're like. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. I've got this. I'm not going to let you do that to me again. So, <laughs> Oh, I like that. I can totally understand. Yeah. So it's just, it's a fun, it's a really fun sport. And um, so there are rules about like how you can hit someone. In fact, most of the rules are about how you can hit someone. Yeah. Because um, they want it to be safe as well as, like it's a contact sport. Like ro- rugby, it's a full contact sport. Um, but they want to avoid, like, concussions as much as possible. Right. So you're not allowed to hit people with your head, and they're, they're, you're also not allowed to hit them in their head. 
you can't trip them and then you can't hit them right in the middle of their back along the spine because that it's almost impossible to not pitch forward with that. So it's mm-hmm. unsafe. Gotcha. But basically you can hit anybody with between your shoulder and knee so that you can use that as your strike zone and that's the also the area you're targeting on another player. And you gotcha. like you can't hit them backwards. You ha- you have to hit them at least going slightly forward down the line of track. So with the oval you're usually trying to hit them enough like so it pops them out of the track with the kind of centripetal force, especially on those turns. On the curves. Like you're trying to hit them right before you get into a curve. Yeah. And then they can, ah. Uh And you can do it, too, on a, we call them straightaways. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit trickier to do it in the right direction sometimes. But you learn how to do it, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. That's cool. I cannot wait to watch a game. And it is. It's super fun. It's super fun because I've watched, um, watched you do that. And it's it's so fun to watch the women. Um, and then I know, and you guys, at least when I last watched, you guys had a flat track. Yep. But, like, some people have angled, or do they not do angled anymore? So, angled, the we call them banked tracks. It's mm-hmm. a different style of derby, so the rules are a little bit different. Like, oh, okay. one example is a flat track, your jams are two minutes long. With um, banked track derby, they only have one-minute jams. Okay. And then, so there's some differing, like, rules. Um Banked track is kind of, like, not as common anymore just because it's really expensive to buy the bank track. I was wondering about And maintain that. them and store them. So the team in Salt Lake, the league up there, used to have a bank track. Um, I think they sold it a couple mm-hmm. years before I joined the league here in Utah County um, just because they sold it because it was just so expensive to, to maintain. Uh, so And it seems like it would be a much easier... Thing to to do more places uh-huh. if, if you have a flat track. Yep. Yeah. So we have like basically if you have a big enough space, um, you get rope and you lay down the rope and then tape over it and that's your track boundaries. So it has to measure a certain amount like length and width and stuff, but it's much easier. I've played outside on a pavilion in Moab. <laughs> we played a wow. Moab used to have a team. I don't think they do currently, but. It, you can basically, if there's big enough flat space, um, you can you can play there. Oh, that's so cool! Oh my gosh, I could talk about this forever, and I'm already realizing like um, how quickly time is oh, going. Yeah. <laughs> but I did notice that you were talking about how inclusive yeah. the roller derby is, and I didn't even until you mentioned I didn't even know there were guy teams. So that shows what I, I know. Have, like, yeah. I, Look at our gender prejudice. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, so one of the things, um, so WIFTA, it's, like I said, it's called Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Um, but I really like it because it's a really inclusive organization of, like, what does it mean to be a woman? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason they have, like, the separate teams is traditionally, like, women don't always feel safe in the presence of men. So the men's league is actually co-ed, but it's it's specifically for men and then women can choose to play there. Okay. Um, and it's a separate league. It's not part of WIFTA. I, I think they've started to kind of have like a co-relationship where they kind of share like similar rule sets and stuff. Okay. But they're totally separate organizations. Um, but with, with WIFTA, um, basically they have this statement on their website about like a statement on gender. And um, when I first started, it wasn't quite as inclusive Um, But over the last couple of years, they've really expanded that statement. So basically, if you're a woman, if you're a transgender woman, um, or even if you're someone who doesn't identify with a specific gender, um, but you feel like this, this is the space for you, you can all play with WIFTA. Uh 
Um, so I just really love that because it kind of goes along with that idea of like celebrating different women's body types. Yes. Um, and more than that, it also goes into that idea, like I said, I think at the beginning, like what defines what a woman is. Um, traditionally, like if you look at our Western social constructs around what women are, it's very, very narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a woman, like I felt limited by that. Like when I was a kid, I was not the play with Barbie dolls type. I was the take my my little pony outside and play in the mud type and <laughs> build them little burrows. And when I was a kid, I was called a tomboy, which was fine. But as I've gotten older and I've seen like more of the world, just this narrow idea of what a woman is and how women are allowed to express their femininity um, is just so limiting. I've never fit that typical mold. And I don't think Mm -hmm. any of the women I have known in my life have ever perfectly fit that mold. I certainly haven't. So yeah. 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 And so (laughs) a lot of people, I think as they try to fit in those social norms, they, they shave off those parts of themselves or they choose to just kind of push them down. And I just think that's so sad. I think it's so much better when we can be full people like women. We aren't these caricatures. We're, we're full people and you can be kind but also really tough at the same time. You can, can I swear? Can You can be a badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also be a mother. A lot of the women <laughs> in my league, almost all of them are mothers. Like, uh-huh. it's, I think it's just so cool that I know these amazing, tough women, but they're also nurturing and tender. And you don't have to be one or the other. You can be really kind and reserved, but you can also put on your fishnets and feel a little sexy. <laughs> right. um, so I just really like that idea that you can be more than this traditional mindset, and that doesn't make you less of a woman, even if it's not the traditional expression mm-hmm. people expect of womanhood. Yes. And and like you said, like I honestly, even even the most looks like that person fits into the mold person that I've ever met, they still are like, well, accept this and this and this, uh-huh. because it is such a weird, narrow construct that doesn't <coughs> really fit, and it's kind of just built to make people feel insecure no matter where yeah. they are. And so I do think, like you said, it's so great to be like, women. And I mean, I know you've seen this with Mountain Mamas and stuff like the women coming. Like, they are not all the same. All the beginners are not all the same. And we have women. And even though it's Mountain Mamas, it's, you know, you don't have to be a mom, you know. But, like, the idea of all of these different women coming together mm-hmm. and yeah. being out in the woods. And you can connect and share experiences. Um, so and, I think and everyone so cool. has something to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we actually had a question on transgender when we first started Mountain Mamas this year when we went nonprofit. And and I was like, absolutely we have the same kind of um, yeah, we I mean same kind of philosophy in that like any anyone who identifies as a woman and just wants to to be in and like you're saying, in that environment that mm-hmm. we are providing that they feel safe yeah. in that place. They are more than welcome. Yeah. Because I think you're right. Like, women just have that. There's just this power and energy and, and deep compassion, too. Yeah. Like, a lot of... And power. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to, to be in an environment where you're not afraid to show that power and yeah. that strength. And also be vulnerable, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like that, like, it, it's just so neat. Like, women can just do that. The, the, yeah, women's organizations can do that. Yeah. It's yeah. great. And, and we're both surrounded by a lot of fake things mm-hmm. but I mean like social media can be really awesome but there's a lot of fakeness there or there's a lot of perceived fakeness and there's media and there's advertisements right but then yeah. when you're really with real women and you're uh-huh. like on the brink and you're like knocking them down or you're uh, or you're pushing and supporting and or if you're on a mountain and you're climbing with these women like 
you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that was a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, like, what you find you're capable of. Like, when I've talked to people about, you know, joining Roller Derby, like, oh, I love to watch it, but I don't think I can do that. Um, People, when they first meet me, they think I'm really reserved. And I am. I'm an introvert. I'm quiet. And so when they find out I play Roller Derby, it really shocks them. Um, But, again, it kind of goes back to the idea I'm more than just the one thing. Like, yeah, I'm really quiet, and I'm, I try to go out of my way to be kind to people, but I can also hit them on the ground. <laughs> I'll do it in a way that's legal so they don't get seriously injured. And if I do, like, accidentally commit, like, a penalty while I do it, I feel so bad. And I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hit you like that. Um, so, yeah, there's just, like, this this ability to – I think I think for me that's one of the things I love most about roller derby is that people don't expect it. From me specifically, mm-hmm. but from a lot of women. People mm-hmm. don't expect it. And I kind of like to upset people's ex- expectations. Like, I kind of want to be a poster child, I guess. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's the right word. But, like, you can't always judge a book by its cover. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, people might seem one way, like, when you see them at work or when you see them at church. And then they have this whole other life. Like, people aren't just one-sided. Yes. Yeah. Women especially, I think, are just oh. not one-sided. Absolutely. Oh, that's so, so well said. And and honestly, such a great takeaway for women right mm-hmm. there. Was there anything else, though, as we're wrapping up, that you want to make sure that you just kind of, like, mention as um, a message to women or a takeaway? Yeah. I think for me, it's just that you don't have to fit into anybody else's idea of what femininity is. Like, if you're a woman or you identify as a woman, every aspect of you is inherently an aspect of your femininity. You don't have to say, well, I can't do this because people will think I'm too aggressive or I'm too masculine. Um, and you don't have to fit, like I said, in, into anybody else's box. You just have to be who you are to yourself. Um, and the more authentic you are, I think the more happy people will be like with yourself. And then you're going to be more confident in the way you interact with other people. So I think that's the big message for me is just no matter what weird thing you like or if you're worried you like something but it's too weird, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Do it anyway and just see for sure if you like it. And if you do, embrace that. Embrace every part of yourself. Don't don't diminish it for other people. So amazing. <clears throat> um, and then also I did want to ask if there is any way, place, people can contact you or also, you know, Learn more about, maybe even come and see you do roller derby. Yeah, I would love to come watch. So, yeah, how do you do that? So, the best way to, like, see, like, when our league has games and stuff is to follow our league on Facebook. We have a league page. It's Happy Valley Derby Darlins. Um, And and Darlins is D-A-R-L-I-N-S. Yep. No G. (laughs) So, Happy Valley Derby Derby Darlins. So, if you just search that on Facebook, it should pull up our league page. And we post, um, like, upcoming games or if we're having a fundraiser. Um, and we also will repro- re oh my gosh, we will also post if we're having like a recruitment night. And if you want to join roller derby, that's when you'd want to come as our recruitment night because they kind of give you an intro to the sport and kind of all the equipment you need. Tell you when we're going to host a boot camp to help teach you how to skate and how to fall safely. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that's they do that. I love yeah. that you do that because not all of the ones do, and I love that mm-hmm. it's like okay, like don't worry about like well I don't know. You're like that's okay, come on. Yeah, in, when I started, I had last I was 26 and I had last put on a pair of roller skates when I was 12, and those had been roller blades. So we mm-hmm. do um, the quad skates where it's the two wheels in back, oh, yeah, two yeah. in front, and it's just like a totally different motion than roller blades. Mm-hmm. So 
you don't even if you don't know how to skate at all, like they teach you that in boot camp. Um, and you you pass boot camp when you're safe. Like you can play safely. Oh, that's cool. Because they just don't want people to get injured. So yeah. Good idea. Good, yeah. Great. So, yeah, if you are interested in roller derby, you're coming to see a game, that's probably the best place. Um, or if you want to contact me, you can find me on Facebook. Um, just Google Robin Cokerhands. I'll spell my last name. Yeah. Robin's with an I, like the bird. And then Cokerhands is K-O-C-H-E-R-H-A-N-S. Um, and you'll know you found me because on my profile, my derby name is in parentheses after my real name. Or as we call it, our human name. So my derby name is Maid Carrion. <laughs> Isn't that so fun? I think the derby names are like half of the fun. I love it so much. Yep. And then, Maid Carrion. Yep. I love it. So it's a playoff of Robin Hood and Maid yes. Marion. A lot of the names are puns. It's great. Um, and Or you can email me. Like if you ever want to chat like roller derby or ask questions, you can email me at robin dot jay at hotmail.com. And I would happy to answer any questions. So, oh, yeah. that's so awesome. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Robin, for sharing your stories with us and empowerment with us. And if you want to hear more fun stories like Robin's, just um, feel free to like us on all the places that you like on podcasts. Like <laughs> click follow or whatever it's called now because they keep changing it. <laughs> you know all this stuff. But, yes, please find us and share us and all that jazz. And we also have a website, mountainmamas.org, so M-T-M-A-M-A-S.org. For fun activities and adventures. <laughs> and then also, but yeah, um, the renewal is coming up for that pretty soon, too. Oh, our annual dues. Yes. yes. And we're just 25 bucks a year for crazy amount of adventures. It's a killer deal. So. Yeah. Awesome. Covers anyway. insurance, basically. <laughs> yes. And you just Venmo. It's at um, M-T-M-A-M-A-S. So, and there's a picture of me in a red jacket in the snow cave. But nice. Anyway. <laughs> so feel free to join. We'd love to have you join. And we're so glad to have you today, Robin. It was great being blast. here. Yes, yes. So, yeah. And, but that's it for today's adventure. And yes, join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains. <laughs>